I'm very English, really. I even ordered a book on the internet, How to Have Absolutely Nothing to Do with Your Neighbours. <laughs> Unfortunately, I was out when it was delivered. <laughs> When I was young, I baked an apple tart and took it to Liverpool, Leeds and Reading. All because my maths teacher said, make sure you take pie to three dismal places. <laughs> so here I am, Milton Jones, world famous explorer. So together with my expedition leader, Anton, prepare for exciting tales of frozen adventure as we open a packet of ice gems in another case of Milton Jones. So, here we are, Anton, in the Himalayas, only a thousand metres from the peak of Everest. We're about to make history, Milton. We'll be the first to make it to the top without oxygen, food, or any sort of climbing equipment. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> a bit of a mix-up with the luggage. But on the plus side, we can play table tennis as often as we like. <laughs> what did the Sherpa say? He said we should camp here for the night. Merely table tennis ball, Paina. And he's not going down to get that table tennis ball again. <laughs> ice cream, banan, bandu, yahan, rakon. And he asks if he can put down the ice cream maker. <laughs> we pitched camp, but then disaster struck. I lost another game of table tennis. <laughs> that night, the wind was even more fierce. We could hear the guy rope straining and the canvas was starting to tear. This is not good, Milton. You're right. This tent is definitely going back to millets. <laughs> At that moment, the ropes became loose, but I managed to grab one of them in time. It was a desperate predicament. Fortunately, I had a knife handy. Milton, what are you doing? I'm cutting the rope. No, you mustn't. Haven't you seen the film, Touching the Void? If someone's dangling precariously, you've got to cut them loose and let them fall. But, Milton, you've got it the wrong way round. What? day, we made the final ascent on the summit. But when we got there, we saw an amazing sight. Get your picture taken when we get to. I don't believe it. Yeah, I can't help feeling the top of Everest is getting a bit commercialised. <laughs> I'll have a 99, please. There you go. Murka Tanlai Magrina Gatu. What did our Sherpa say? Oh, he's just annoyed about having to carry the ice cream maker. <laughs> anyway, Milton, not to worry. At least now we can complete our mission to measure the exact height of the peak. Absolutely. I'm still holding the end of the tape measure. <laughs> what? To get down from Everest, we simply abseiled. It was easy. I come from a family of abseilers. In fact, they still descend on me every Christmas. <laughs> At home, I was greeted as a national hero. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the world's greatest living explorer, Milton Jones. Milton? Milton? Ah, uh, sorry, I'm late. Got a bit lost on the district line. <laughs> Right, shall we start? Who's first? Milton Jones, when did you first start climbing? Uh, I think it was Christmas 1977. Oh, what, your parents bought you a book? No, a Rottweiler. <laughs> uh, 
And then there was that school skiing trip. You have to be very careful. A lot of avalanches are started by sudden noises. Mm, of course they are. I shouted across the valley. <laughs> Milton, how did you survive? Well, of course, I had one of those things that tells people where you are if you're stuck in an avalanche. A homing beacon? No, a very tall hat with a flag on the end. <laughs> right, but you came out in one piece. No, I, I lost three toes, but that was my own fault, really, for taking the lawnmower. Excuse us, we have a very busy schedule. We've got to get started on our Amazon expedition. Yes, we were out when the books were delivered, so we've got to go to the depot in Carshalton. <laughs> well, Milton, you're an amazing success. The world's at your feet. So where to next? Millets to get our money back on that tent. <laughs> I remember the first time I went to Millets. The day before their big sleeping bag sale, I went in and bought a sleeping bag so I could camp out all night to be first in the queue. <laughs> Here we are, Milton. In we go. Can I help you, young man? Yes. How much for this bell? Ten ninety-nine. I'll take it. Milton, I thought you were going to ask about the tent. Milton? Milton Jones? World-famous explorer? Oh, I'm delighted. I am the, uh, the proprietor of this store. So, you're Mr. Millet. Actually, it, it would make me happier if you pronounced my name Millet. Uh, Willet. Sorry, Willet. <laughs> what? And I don't think much of your equipment. My sleeping bag had big bits of canvas in it and loads of tent pegs. That was the bag the tent comes in. And this tent only covered my head. Yeah, that's a rucksack. <laughs> You'll be telling me next you tried cooking your bolognese in your sleeping bag. Well, thank you for your time. Yeah, look, a word to the wise, Milton. All this climbing Everest malarkey is all very well, but if you ask me, the ocean's the future of outdoor pursuits. Just look at my new range. Eh? Wetsuits, buoyancy aids, poly ropes, and this is the ultimate survival kit. A high-energy chocolate block and a radio homing beacon. Go on, try it. Right, yeah. <laughs> was the homing beacon. Well, at least we know where it is. <laughs> Look, Milton, I'll get to the point. I need your help. This is my new motorboat. Ah, a launch? Yes. And I'd like you to come to the PR bash for it tomorrow. A launch launch? <laughs> it's at midday. A launch launch lunch? <laughs> yeah, well, look, I'll send a car for you. How will I find you? Oh, we'll probably have retrieved the homing beacon by then. <laughs> Sir Alan Millet lived in a giant marquee. But for the party, he'd put up a huge mansion in the grounds. <laughs> Apparently, loads of famous exploring celebrities would be there. Mr. Milton Jones. Ah, looks like I'm the first here. Mr. Buzz Aldrin. Uh, second again. <laughs> hey, come over here and say that. Certainly. After all, this is just one small step for man. <laughs> Why, you... Oh, Milton, stop that. And be careful with that drink, you'll spill it. Actually, it's pronounced spillet. <laughs> Mr. Ranulph Fine. Sorry I'm late, but it was such a lovely morning I thought I'd walk. From Peru. <laughs> Gentlemen, dinner is served. Fillet steak with jacket potatoes. Actually, it's pronounced steak fillets and potatoes in their jackets. <laughs> it's not rocket science. Is it, Buzz? Why, you... The whole evening was themed around explorers and exploration. Ray Mears had just come back from the jungle and hadn't had a bath for three months. I became the first person to talk to him without the use of oxygen. 
And for some reason, when it was time to sit down for dinner, you had to decipher a secret code. Oh, hello. Can I help you? I doubt it. This is obviously ancient hieroglyphics. Let's see. Uh, ten circles surrounded by twelve names. Oh, that's the table plan. <laughs> of course it is. Thank you. A oh, pleasure. I'm Mr. Millet's daughter, Annette. Or is that an A? <laughs> you must be Milton Jones, the explorer. I've heard of you, by reputation, of course. Are you enjoying the launch? I trust this evening is an adventure for you. <laughs> ah, yes, I, I see what you did there. <laughs> Indeed, I'd like to sail a boat across the lake of your heart. <laughs> I'd need to tack into a headwind uh, to get across your blood supply. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not very good at this. No, no. As we sat in the garden, Annette explained how her father was overprotective, and my heart went out to her as she sat there in her cycle helmet and bubble wrap dress. <laughs> we both fell instantly in love. I was almost minded to pop the question then and there, as well as some of the bubble wrap. Oh, Milton, I want you to have this locket. Thanks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Milton, it's not that kind of locket. You wear it round your neck. I'll get it back to you tomorrow. <laughs> Look, Annette, I want you to have something. If you ever need me, just press this and I'll come running. Oh, Milton. What is it? It's my retractable tape measure. <laughs> You've had so many amazing adventures. My father tries to wrap me up in cotton wool all the time. You must try and take your mind off it. Look up at the clouds. No, sorry, that won't help. <laughs> Isn't it? My great-grandfather travelled with Darwin on the Beagle. That's amazing. And later on, they bought a ship. <laughs> they decided to name it after the dog. When the dog died, they bought another one. And they called that dog HMS Victory. So, was your great-grandfather on the famous trip to the Galapagos Islands? Oh, yes. Desperate to get home, low on food, they never stopped their zoological research. Jones, look, I've collected this amazing new species, unseen by humans. Extraordinary. Tall and cylindrical with a glass-like see-through exoskeleton. That's the jar. <laughs> and this curious metallic part. <laughs> the lid. Good. This discovery will unlock the key to all my... Hang on. Where's it gone? Mmm, delicious. Jones, you idiot! Sorry, you can have it back tomorrow. <laughs> oh, Milton, take me with you on your next expedition. There's not a moment to lose. The summers are getting longer and the winters are getting warmer. Global warming? No, the zip of my anorak's broken. <laughs> What's going on out here? Father, I've met the man of my dreams. Mr. Millet, I'd like to ask your daughter, Anne, to marry me. <laughs> I'll look after her. Don't worry it. Oh, Milton. Well, I've got to be careful, you know. Annette is the heiress to the millions I've made from outdoor equipment. Any idea what it's like to be in my shoes? Pretty waterproof, I should imagine. Listen, there's no way you're going to marry my daughter unless... Yes? I'm about to start selling a single-mast dinghy to really cash in on the sailing market. And what could be better publicity than a famous explorer taking it for a little trip? I'll say it any way you like. The Channel, the Bay of Biscay, sorry, Biscuit. <laughs> How about the Pacific? Bother. You leave tomorrow. Milton, how will we stay in touch? Well, if I understand this correctly, you'll be able to listen to me on the shortwave radio. But over on longwave, I'll be playing cricket. <laughs> oh, Milton, au revoir. Cheerio. Coffee de zane. Ta-ta. Ciao. See ya. Pip pip. Toodaloo. And so we said our goodbyes. <laughs>
I was crazy to take up the challenge, but love makes you do strange things, so I packed up my belongings and then set fire to them. I decided to set out from the mouth of the Panama Canal. Sorry I'm late. I had to row across the Atlantic to get here. Yes, I missed you at the airport. Now, Milton, the Pacific's very dangerous. Are you sure about this? Oh, yes. Mr. Millet said that if I married Annette without doing this task, he'd take my tent and put it on the other side of the moon. Actually, technically, he said he's going to put it where the sun don't shine. Is that different? Just a little, yes. Milton, haven't you gone yet? Nearly ready. Just grabbing the oars. Well, I bid you farewell. I bid you two farewells. <laughs> Goodbye, Milton. Bon voyage and farewell. Three farewells bid. Do I hear four? <laughs> Surely someone will bid it. Sorry, bidet. <laughs> Three farewells. Going. Going. And he's gone. No, he's rowing back. He's forgotten something. My ice cream maker. <laughs> Viking, pharaohs, German bite. That was a weird dream. <laughs> Life on board soon became mind-numbingly dull. See, 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 see. Definitely the worst letters I've ever had playing Scrabble. <laughs> to stave off the boredom, I decided to keep a diary. Day one. Trip going well. I've never been better prepared for anything in my entire life. Day two. Run out of water. Beginning to regret water fight with Blue Whale. <laughs> Only just enough water left to run the B-Day. Day three, come ashore just south of Indonesia. I've made this journey before, but Christmas Island seems to come earlier and earlier every year. <laughs> Day four, discover shortwave radio somewhere on the boat. Milton, it's Annette. Oh, it's so good to hear your voice. You're so important to me. What's important to you, Milton? Our relationship is... Over? Our relationship is over? No, I, I'm just using radio talk. Oh, right. Listen, did you get the present I had on board for you? No. Reach under your seat and pull a handle. Swing ball. I thought you could play it when you reach your next island. No, I, I want to play it now. I'm going to set it up. No, Milton! Hooray! I knew these snowshoes would come in handy. <laughs> Completely coincidentally, at that moment, the boat began to fill with water. Which was fine at first, because the B-Day really needed it. But I put in to the next island. It was a beautiful place. Golden sands, lapping waves and palm trees. And then I saw the hut. Perhaps there was, after all, some form of rudimentary civilization. Trembling, I opened the door. Welcome to Starbucks. Tom, what are you doing here? I came to warn you, Milton. Mr. Millet is double-crossing you. He's just exploiting your love for Annette to sell more boats. No! I'm afraid so. You need to be strong, Milton. You need to be strong and patient, no matter what people say to you. Like when I used to take that caterpillar out for walks on a lead until one day it turned into a lovely little kite. Um, well, a bit like that, yes. Look, chin up. I'll make you a special Starbucks coffee. Here it is. Where? Look out. Now, you've fallen into it, haven't you? So, been busy? Not especially. Being a deserted island. We had a man Friday. <laughs> but who's that woman in the corner with the record player? That 
is Sue Lawley. I thought she'd stopped doing Desert Island Discs. She has. She was on a retirement cruise around the Pacific, fell overboard, got washed up here. She hasn't taken it very well. Aha! Someone to interview! Milton Jones! Now, Sue, just relax. Yep, sorry, sorry. You're in Starbucks. Have a coffee, read a book. Not the Bible or the complete works of Shakespeare, though. <laughs> no, you must come on my show. Sit down. Uh, all right, then. Uh, so, do you miss working on Radio 4? No, no, now just put these coconut shells on your ears and talk into the banana. <laughs> right. My guest this week is explorer, mountaineer and sailor Milton Jones. Milton, you've just rode halfway across the Pacific single-handed. How do you feel? Well, my arm is very sore. <laughs> no, single-handed doesn't mean you actually... Pass Bother! It. <laughs> Still, I can see it's a huge vessel. Actually, that's my coffee. <laughs> Thanks. Oh, there's your boat. I can see it's got a mast, which means it's a yacht. So you must have a sail somewhere. Really? Yes, I can see it folded up behind the outboard motor. Oh, for goodness sake. <laughs> In fact, it's a fully working boat. Let's go and have a look. Well, my guest is for Milton Jones, and I'm getting into his boat. That's all for me. Goodbye. Hey! Sue Lawley's nicked my boat. Milton, don't let all this destroy your trust in women, will you? I can't help it. Old ladies in wheelchairs with blankets over their legs? I don't think so. Retired mermaids. <laughs> I'd not only lost my boat, but also my radio. I was desperate to communicate with Annette. So I wrote a love letter and attached it to a pigeon, which I put in a bottle and threw into the sea. <laughs> The next morning we stood there, on the beach, hoping beyond hope for a reply. Milton, I really don't think there's any chance. Look, a bottle! And there's another! Hundreds of bottles with messages inside! Increase the size of your... I don't believe it's junk mail. I'm sorry, Milton. Let me delete them all. Well, Milton, looks like we're stuck here. I'm not giving up. My great-grandfather didn't give up when he was stranded with Darwin on the Galapagos Islands. Oh, Jones, we'll never get off this island. The world will never hear about my theory. Don't worry, we'll make a boat. I've already made a start. Look, I fashioned an axe from the last remaining tree on the island. <laughs> and with it, we can... Ah! <laughs> Jones, we're going to starve to death. Not so. Only this morning, I captured a giant turtle. Excellent! So, I sent it off into the wild to bring us back some food. Ah! Anton, I've got an idea. I'd like to order a large cappuccino with two long wooden stirrers. Okay. <laughs> and so we set sail, day 108. We crossed the international date line. A few hours later, we crossed the international blind date line. Where there's another boat waiting to meet us. She looks all right, but she has a really annoying foghorn. <laughs> Day 160. It's the 1st of May. Radio Mayday greetings to all ships in the area. <laughs> Enthusiastic response to begin with. <laughs> then it all seems to go a bit sour. Eventually, we arrive at Portsmouth. This is fantastic. Look at that. There's a huge sign saying, Welcome back. Except they changed my name to Dame Ellen MacArthur. Ah, yes. Perhaps this welcome was for someone else. I tell you who would have liked to have seen this is that woman whose boat we crashed into and had to be rescued. <laughs> Jones! Mr. Millay, I've done it! You're too late, Jones. I've locked her away in Millay Towers. You'll never see her again. You must forget my daughter. I can't forget her. Maybe you should, Milton. Yeah, come on. 
There are plenty of other fish in the sea. Perhaps you're right. Should go fishing. That's the spirit. All I need is a net. Oh! <laughs> and actually, there aren't plenty more fish in the sea. What with overfishing, stocks are right down. Well, no, that was just a metaphor. I, I can think of another one if you like. No, stocks of metaphors are right down as well. In fact, there are so few metaphors that you can't find a thingy in a what's it. <laughs> See what I mean? I tried to forget my love. I thought about returning to the Seven Seas. I was still determined to make a go of those Scrabble letters. <laughs> but it was no good. I decided I had to track Annette down. We went straight to Millet Towers. Right. Now, Millie's mansion is absolutely impenetrable. There's a barbed wire security fence. No. Oh. Well done, Milton. That was easier than I thought. <laughs> Okay, then. Next, it's a triple-ply concrete barrier. <laughs> ah, again, slightly easier than I thought. And then a pair of vicious guard dogs. <laughs> oh. Still well done, though. <laughs> keep going, keep going. She's got to be here somewhere. Annette, where are you? Milton, is that you? I'm over here! Annette, I've come to rescue you. Oh, Milton, that's marvellous. I'll just lock up. Oh, no. <laughs> And so Annette ran away with me and joined my life of adventure. But she'd never been out into the wide world before, so I started her gently at a shopping centre in Kent. Blue water rafting. <laughs> Sorry. Well, Mr. Millet was after us. He'd recruited a network of campers and hikers to track us down. So we hid in the one place no rambler would ever dream of going. Indoors. What are we going to do? We're going to have to flee the country. Great! Hey, I've got everything we need in my travel bag. I raided my father's shop before we left, and I've travel versions of everything. Fantastic! Travel plug, travel radio, travel rug, and best of all... Travel scrabble? No, a travel agent. It's like a real one, but smaller. Hello! I've got your two tickets to Australia. Excellent. Before we knew it, we were in the outback of Australia. But things weren't going according to plan. Annette, I can't remember which pocket I put our money in. Oh, don't worry, just have another look. No, you don't understand. You see that herd of kangaroos? <laughs> Eventually, we decided to set up in business, opening rival millet shops all over the world. But we had some problems at a shop in Peru. Get out of my shop! Yeah. Those pan-piping buskers get everywhere. They're the indigenous people. Oh, are they? I didn't realise the spiritual leader of Tibet lives here. Does he? Yes, he runs a taxi service. No, Milton, that's Dial Alarma. <laughs> Once the shop was up and running, we moved on to Africa. Africa. A land torn apart by documentaries. We tried to open up a shop in Kenya with some enticing offers. On the first day, there was an absolute stampede. But unfortunately, none of the wildebeest stopped to buy anything. The business ran quickly into problems, especially in the Middle East, where, to be honest, the new line of Islamic millet tents went down badly. So once again, we were stateless. Suddenly, there was a phone call from Anton. Milton, it's Anton. Do you remember the Forgotten Island? No. Good. <laughs> you must come here quickly. I've made the most incredible discovery. I know, I know. If you're on a really crowded escalator and you turn around to everyone and say, Come on, follow me, they do. 
Usually. No, there's no time to lose. How quickly can you and Annette get here? Well, are you still holding my tape measure? Of course. Well, just press the release catch. Ah, Anton, this better be good. I've got a book coming out soon. Really? Shouldn't have eaten it, really. <laughs> Milton, I'd like you to meet Mervyn, your great-grandfather. Hello, Milton. <gasps> he must be really old. Yes, he's a centenarian. From Roman times? <laughs> Actually, I'm 170. But I thought Darwin had abandoned you on the Galapagos Islands. You survived. I was the fittest. <laughs> But how did you get off the island? Well, I made an axe handle out of the last tree on the island. So I waited 30 years for more trees to grow. Then I used the wood to construct an iron mine. Then I waited another 30 years for some wood to make a sign which said warning, iron mine. <laughs> then it got difficult. But some 30 years later, I was paddling away on a raft. The resemblance is uncanny. Oh, but this is wonderful. We must tell the world your secret of long life. <laughs> that won't be necessary. Father? How did you... Yes! I was hiding in that false palm tree and I heard everything. Yes, you may have undone one too many zips. What? <laughs> now, I've got you, Jones. I knew you'd find this island and I knew that my daughter would fall in love with you and that you'd agree to sail the world for her and come back to this island and find your great-grandfather who's got the secret of eternal life. Gosh, you are very well informed, Mr. Millet, and an excellent judge of character. Anton, you creep. Well, no, sometimes you have to give credit to someone who deserves it. Huh. Especially when that someone has a Tyrannosaurus Rex on a lead. <laughs> yes, you're not the only ones that can fiddle around with evolution. Look at my T-Rex. Huh, she looks a bit underfed. That's not a T-Rex, that's a bony M. <laughs> people see your great-grandfather and learn that the fittest really do survive, they'll rush to Millet's to buy hiking boots and cuddles and gloves and frisbees and tents. Why do you sell frisbees? Not sure. <laughs> Father, Milton doesn't want the burden of your messy fortune. Uh, having said that, they do some very nice money belts. Oh, Milton! <laughs> it doesn't matter what you think, because I'm about to introduce you to something else on this island. What? I'll give you a clue. She's old, smouldering and spews out ash. Grandma! No, <laughs> oh, it's a volcano! <gasps> Quick, everyone, run! After them, rats! Quick, follow me! I have a plan! It's not anything to do with playing swing ball, is it? Maybe. <laughs> Look out! Milton, it's boiling! Boiling hot! Somebody save him! Quick, Milton, grab this! <laughs> After them, rats! I'm sorry. It's fallen into an enormous pool of thick, boiling liquid. Sorry about that. I shouldn't have left my cappuccino lying around. <laughs> that was another case of Milton Jones, starring Milton Jones, Tom Goodman-Hill, Dave Lamb and Lucy Montgomery. It was written by Milton Jones and James Carey, and the music was by Guy Jackson. The producer was David Tyler, and the programme was a positive production for the BBC. And listen again next time when you can catch another case of Milton Jones. Thank you